Thank you for listening and welcome to the Revival Church Sermon Podcast. We are so glad that you are here. Revival Church is a non-denominational church located in Holiday, Florida. For more information, please visit us on the web at revivalccfl.com slash go. Go ahead and grab a seat and turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 26, verse 31. Matthew 26, verse 31. Thank you, Jeff. Amen. Whew. Hallelujah. Praise God. Matthew 26, 31. I don't need anything. It's really Allah. Appreciate you guys. <laughs> Praise God. Matthew 26, 31. If you're there, say amen. amen. If you need a minute, say amen. amen. If you took a shower this morning, say amen. amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right, we'll give you a minute. We'll give you a minute. Let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Matthew 26, 31. Father God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for laughter. Thank you for the ability to just fellowship and to, to be here. Thank you for being able to sing to you. To praise your name. God, as we're about to enter into your word, I ask in Jesus' name that we can cast any distractions aside. Satan wants to steal that word. He doesn't want that word to fall on good soil. He doesn't want that word to hit our hearts. He just wants it to hit our ears. And we walk out the door and go about our day. Check. Checklist. We did church. What do we got next? God forbid. God forbid. God forbid. There's power in your word. So I ask in Jesus' name right now, I don't know if somebody had a great night's sleep, a horrible night's sleep. I, I don't know if they're tired, they're excited, they're happy, they're sad, they're miserable, they're depressed, they're over the moon. I don't know. But you know every man and woman sitting right here. You know exactly what's going on in their hearts and in their minds. So I ask in Jesus' name right now, Father, if there's any distraction, anything that Satan would use to take away that word, in Jesus' name they could lay it at the foot of the cross right now and say, "Uh, uh-uh, you're not stealing this word. It's going to hit my heart today. Lastly, I pray for myself, Father. Empower me. God, I know you don't need me. You, you can put a squirrel up here. Make him talk do a much better job you can put a chair up here you're almighty God but I thank you for using me father I beg you God let your words flow through me please God let me be a vessel in your hands that I could accurately communicate what you want me to communicate and that you and you alone would receive all the glory and we love you God do a mighty work in this place today it's in Christ's name I pray amen we're going to continue with our sermon series on love And today we're going to talk about the fact that love is redeeming. What does that mean? Love puts you back together. I don't care who you are, how spiritual you are, how amazing you are, how wonderful you are. You go through life long enough. Amen? I don't even have to finish that sentence. It'll break you. It'll scar you. It'll beat you. And we start to fall apart and we start to crumble. And sometimes we wonder, am I ever going to be put back together? And God's love does that. We're going to look at Peter today and and how this uh, amazing man of God got cocky. He began to see his ego. I'm the man. I got this. I got that. If everybody else falls, I'm not me. I always got your back. And what happens is, is his ego got in the way and he crumbled. And his life fell apart. But yet God's like, you know what? I got you. 
If you break and come back to me, I'll put you back together even better than when you were before. When I was pastoring in Tennessee, I, uh, I love my church, a wonderful church up there. It was a blessing. But one of the things I would do, I was also involved in prison ministry. And I would go into different prisons and I would talk to people. We'd do groups and do counseling. And, and it, was, it was a real blessing. I, I, I loved it. I could not make the services on Sunday because obviously I was preaching at my church on Sunday. One day, eventually, I was able to make a service in prison. Big boy prison. Not, not, not jail. Big boy prison. Some of these folks were never going to see uh, freedom again. And I will tell you, I've been in many churches. I've been in revivals. I've, I've, I've been in conferences. I've been all kind of places through my life. And I've never seen a more powerful service than a prison service in this old gymnasium. There was something beautiful when you see people that are broken. Because you know you've done messed up pretty bad if you wind up in prison. But there was such a beautiful mixture of people that are broken and people that are redeemed and the worship. And, and, and there's no, there no facades. Well, who are you trying to impress? You're locked up for the rest of your life. Or you got 17 years. Or you got 23 years. Or, or 12 years. I don't know. But you don't have to worry about impressing anybody, putting on any face. You know your life is messed up and you're there just crying out to God. And it's such an amazing experience. And I remember one specific gentleman that I talked to. He had 17 years. He's already been, sorry, he's already been in for 17 years. And he said something to me, we were talking, and really sweet gentleman, and, and a lot of these folks are wonderful people, just a mistake. And he said to me, he goes, Pastor, you know, he goes, I've never been freer in my life. And when I think of the story of his life and how he was strung out and on, addicted to people, addicted to drugs, addicted to life, the stress. And he says, I've never been freer. Dude, has been there for 17 years, but that's what Jesus does when he gets a hold of your heart. It doesn't matter what's going on in the outside because the inside is free. We're going to look at the love of God and how he redeems Peter, but I would be doing you an injustice if we don't first look at the breaking of Peter because God wanted to use this dude. But if you come to God arrogant, well, I'll go to church. If, if you, if I do it, really? Like, like you're giving God conditions. You're going to miss out on what God can do in your life. But if you come to him broken, God will be like, okay, now I can do something with you. Now I can make you into the person that I want you to be. Flip that up for me, please, Jeff. Let's start with first looking at brokenness before we get to the redeeming love of God. Can you put my slide up for me, Jeff? Thanks, brother. There is beauty... In brokenness. 2 Corinthians 12.9 says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your, what? Weakness. We don't think of brokenness as beautiful. In fact, when we call each other, I'm having a breakdown. We don't think of brokenness as a beautiful thing. We think as something devastating, as something disastrous. But this is the first step to God putting you back together. Peter was a good man, but he was a, I got this kind of guy. I, I can relate to Peter. I'll charge the hill. I got this. Do you have any extra ammunition, Rami? No, I'm good, man. 
Rami, did you pack any sandwiches? Oh, I forgot about that. How many of y'all are like that? Charge the hill kind of people. Raise your hand if you're like that. Let's, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, it'll be fun. How many of y'all are like, I checked the sandwiches four times. Raise your hand. <laughs> That's the beauty of the body of Christ. We need each other. God doesn't make superstar Christians. I can't tell you how many times Elias saved my butt because he thinks about things. He's an engineer. He's going to do this, do that, do that. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. And he's like, Rami, did you pay? Oh, yeah, no, I didn't. So thank you, brother. I appreciate you. He was like, I got this, I got this, I got this. I will say this, though. I like, I like those kind of people because you can have them with you in, in, in the foxhole. They'll charge the hill with you. But often we tend to be very self-reliant. So it's good that we're self-reliant and it's bad that we're self-reliant. Let me say that again. Those of y'all, I got this. I can take care of it. I'm going to fix everything. It's good because I, I know you're self-reliant. You got this. But it's so bad because you're self-reliant. Sometimes you're not God-reliant. I could stop right here. There's a sermon in that sentence. And you're like, well, but, but I do good. I'm successful. Have you seen? Yes, yes, yes. But imagine what God could have done with you. If the eye would have been buried a little bit and there was more brokenness and God's like, okay, I can do something amazing with you. Peter was an eye kind of guy. And then God spoke to him and transformed this guy. So we're going we're gonna to get to the love of God here in a minute. But let's learn from the mistakes because it's much better for God not to have to fix us. Amen? But we're going to look at Peter's arrogance and ego here as we start pick up with me in verse 31 Matthew 26 31 all right here we go this is right after the last supper then Jesus told them this very night you will all fall away on account of me for it is written I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered but after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Watch this now, watch this now. Peter replied, Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, This very night, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. Personal ego and a godly walk do not go together. You okay, bud? You have a question? Yeah, go ahead, man. What's that? Oh, that's good. Galilee, it's a good question. So you've got three uh, regions in, 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 in Israel. You've got the bottom is Judea. The middle area was called Samaria. And the northern part of Israel, the country is today, is called Galilee. That's where it's from. Good, good question, man. It's good to see you, man. I love you, bro. Glad you're here. Amen. So, 
I bet you other people here didn't know what Galilee is, but he's the only one with the guts to ask. So. Appreciate it, yeah. Praise God. A godly walk and personal ego do not harmonize. If you want God to do something great, you can't approach God with an ego like you're going to tell him how things are going to be. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't work that way. And Peter, all through the, the, the accounts of this encounter, whether it's with Matthew or Luke or others, he always approaches with, I call it I syndrome. If everybody else punks out on you, I won't do it. I will go to jail with you. I will die for you. I will never let you go. I, I, I. My boy Peter is confident. The question is, what are you confident in? Flip that up for me, please, Jeff. Look up here on the screen. This is really important for you confident people. It's good to be confident, but what? What does it say? One more time, but what? What are you, what are you confident in? What are you confident in? You confident in your talent? You confident in your money? You confident in your marriage? You confident in your health? You confident in your kids? My babies will take care of me when I get old. <laughs> Amen? I don't even have to unpack that one. We're just going to keep moving. It's good to be confident. But we got to be confident in the Lord. We got to be confident in His grace, His strength, His mercy, His sustenance. Because folks will let you down. Don't ever put your eyes on a pastor, on a teacher, on a church, on people. It's good to love people. But keep your eyes on the Lord. He's the only one that never lets you down. And Peter does something amazing here. Look at the scripture real quick. Jesus is telling him, I better put on my glasses. I can't read. It's all blurry now without my glasses. I'm getting old. All right. He says, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Watch verse 35 now. But Peter declared. When Jesus tells you something, there should not be but anything. Peter is arguing with Jesus. Peter is arguing with Jesus. He's like, yeah, I, I know God. I know that's how you want me to live. I know this is what you want me to do. But I got other plans, you see? And it's not Peter's first time. Y'all remember that other time and Jesus said, get behind me, Satan, right? Jesus says, this is what's going to happen. And Peter says, yeah, hold on there. I, 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 have, I, have, I have other plans. I, I, I've got it figured out. I, I, I've, I've got a five-year plan and a ten-year plan. And, and if you want to work that in, Jesus, you're welcome. Anytime, you're my Lord. But if you have a different person for me, if you have a different career for me, if you have a different idea for me, no, that's not going to work because we've already got it figured out, honey. But maybe God's leading this way. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. I have a plan. <clears throat> Hello, wives. Um, I'm laughing, but the nesting thing sometimes. Be careful. It's good to have that. But don't hold on to that. Because God might flip your world upside down completely. And do something incredible with you. 
But, but what's fascinating to me in the scripture is not what is written, but what is not written. Because here's, G, here's Peter. Peter's like, yeah, Jesus, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. You don't know who I am. And what's amazing is not what's written, but that there's nothing written after that. Jesus doesn't argue back with Peter. Like, I, I got to be honest, I swear to you, when I was reading this thing, preparing, my mind is weird sometimes, man. But, uh, but, but I, I started thinking of Sanford and Son. Y'all remember Sanford and Son? Anybody ever watch Sanford and Son? Raise your hand. Pop, 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 pow. Pop, pop, pow. Okay, put your hands down. You young people, man, oh, you're missing out. It was this junk man and his son. But, but you remember his son Lamont? By the way, Lamont's a preacher now. I don't know if y'all know that or not. He really is. But, but, but there was this thing when Lamont would do something, and, 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 and Fred, Fred Sanford would look at him and say, you big dummy. Remember that? And I swear when Peter was arguing with Jesus, I, I'm not even making this up for the sermon. Like I'm sitting there, I'm working on my sermon. And the first thing I picture is Jesus looking at him like, you big dummy. But he doesn't. Isn't that funny that we can argue with God and God doesn't rip you apart? But it's really interesting because sometimes when you want to do things your own way, God will not rip you apart. He will let you do it your own way so that you get wrecked. Oh, because he hates me. No, 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 no. So you can get wrecked and come back crying to your father. What's that? Absolutely. 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 Think about this. And now, that's not an ideal situation. That's what happened with Peter. The ideal situation is we shut up and we don't say, but I got another plan, God. That's the ideal situation. But in this situation, what you see, Jesus is like, hey, you do you, boo. You do you. You do you. You do what you want to do. And guess what? When you reap those consequences, I, I don't want you to feel the consequences, but I love you too much. I love you too much. But he says, my arms are always open. And so he allows us to go through things and make stupid decisions in our lives that cost us a lot of pain and a lot of hurt. And that's exactly what happens with Peter. And so here he is. He's arrogant. I got this. And he's like, you know what? Fine. You want to do it your own way? Do it your own way. And here's the result of it. Go a little further with me to verse 69. Let's look at the breaking of Peter. Because Peter's about to break and God's going to put this dude together in a mighty way. But I want to look at the breaking. In the breaking, we're going to focus predominantly on one verse, verse 75. But I don't want to take anything out of context. I know you guys are familiar with the betrayal of Jesus. So I would like to start reading at verse 69. But we're really going to camp out in verse 75 today. Go with me to verse 69. So here's this guy that was like, I got you, Lord. If everybody else punks out, I want. Here's verse 69. Now Peter was sitting out in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him. You also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said. Now this is after Jesus got arrested, obviously. But he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Then he went out to the gateway where another servant girl saw him and said to the people there, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. I don't know the man. After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, 
Surely you are one of them. Your accent gives you away. Then he began to call down curses and he swore to them, I don't know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And here's where we're really going to camp out. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Mm. It's the same guy who's like, I got this. Denied him three times with an oath, called down curses. I mean, he flat out had like a, just lost control. When you read this, or when we've heard scriptures, or, or when we've heard sermons, it's so easy to judge Peter. How? How could you punk out on Jesus when he needed you the most? I mean, you talked all this big game. I got your back. I'm with you, Lord. How? But go easy on our boy Peter here. You see, Peter would have known a cat of nine tails. He, he would have seen people before where they had leather and, and chunks of metal and bone and, and they would whip people's back and, and it would velcro to their back and they would pull chunks of skin. He, Peter would have known that. Peter would have known about gladiator games and how Christians would be thrown at. Peter, Peter would have known about crucifixions because it was very, very common to walk the streets and see people crucified and vultures pecking at them as they're still alive. So let's go easy on our boy Peter. You see, one thing you learn if you live long enough, life's pressures can make you do some stupid things. So let's go easy on Peter. The pain, and that, 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 that's, that's the beauty of life sometimes. Rarely, unless somebody has no self-awareness, rarely do you get around a senior citizen that's very judgmental. I've seen it, but it's because they forget their stuff. But the ones who remember their stuff, oh, they're slow to point a finger. They're often big. The honey is going to be okay, honey. Here's the word. There's original. Stand there. Because life has a way of humbling us all. When you're young, you know it all. You got it all figured out. Well, I would never do that. I wouldn't do this. I'm better than that. She needs to do it this way. He needs to do it this way. He is wrong. Sinner! And then life slaps you around a little bit. Come on, church. Amen? Amen? And then life slaps you around a little bit. I'll never go through that. That'll never happen to me. I'm going to get married. I'm going to have 2.5 kids and a white picket fence. And we're going to skip off into the sunset. And then I'm going to get Social Security. And I'm going to die with a smile on my face. And then life scars you up a little bit and says, that's cute. And here's a divorce lawyer. And here's an x-ray. And here's a person that abandoned you. And here's a parent that left. But Jesus never leaves. Peter gets scarred up. He gets scarred up. But then something really beautiful happens. And, and, and it's not in this account of it, but it's in Luke 22, verse 61. It's the same account. But it talks about after the rooster crowed. And this is so beautiful. And here's, here's Peter like literally calling down curses. I swear I don't know the man. I don't bleep and know the man. And the Bible says in Luke twenty two sixty one, 61, Peter, Jesus looked at Peter. 
I, I don't know the proximity, but apparently as he's like, I don't know this guy. Apparently, Jesus was close enough to look at Peter. Sometimes all it takes is a touch of God for you to crumble. Sometimes all it takes is God to get a hold of your heart. And even the toughest man and the toughest woman will be on their knees weeping. And that's exactly what happens. Look with me again at verse uh, 40, or rather 75. The very end of it. Or rather, let's look at the whole verse. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will listen only three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Two words. Kleopikros. Wept bitterly. You know that the New Testament's originally in Greek. Kleopikros. Sometimes the Greek language brings out a, a, a lot more. I, I, I gotta stop preaching. I gotta do some teaching here because this is, I, you can't preach this part. Because it looks like in English, that, that's nice. You know, he wept bitterly. Yeah, yeah, he was hurting. He cried. I get it. Let's move on. I got to teach a little here because this is such a profound principle of what has to happen in our heart for God to use us in a mighty way. Cleopicros. First, let's look at the weeping part. The word Cleo right there is literally translates as one who is wailing. It's not like he's crying. He is wailing broken down and then picros the word bitterly it speaks of one that is violently convulsing it's absolutely insane hey give me some water man hello hey thanks no hello. you got anything else back there man y'all just chill for a minute you got a donut or something thanks no oh that's good thanks man Picross, violently shaken. So what are we seeing? Hang on, hang on. I'm going somewhere with this. Just, just hold on to this ride. This man, this leader, everybody there would know him. It's not like people moved from Minnesota to California back then, right? The, the people there knew who Peter was. And he goes down and has a breakdown. He's wailing. He's weeping. He's convulsing. Why, why are you sharing this with us, Rami? This is important. We're going somewhere. In Middle Eastern culture, a man does not act like that. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just simply saying in that culture. I come from that culture. Walid comes from that culture. My mom comes from that culture. Okay, so you can ask him after we're done. Is Rami telling the truth? Let me tell you something. In funerals in the Middle East, it's not uncommon. They hire professional whalers. Females, right? Right, Walid? They come, ah! They, I swear, they don't even know the guy. Y'all think, come on, Rami, you can't be telling the truth. Ask them. They do. It's a cultural thing. It's always women. Because the men in that culture, it is incredibly undignified for you to do that. Yet here is Peter, a leader. Folks know him. And the Bible says he's not doing this inside. He's doing it breaking, crying, weeping, convulsing. There is a beautiful place when God breaks you and you're more concerned with what God thinks than what man thinks. Good Lord, that'll preach. Flip that up for me, Jeff. 
This is what happens with brokenness. True repentance right there. You didn't change the word to brokenness, man. You're fired. I love it. I sent you a text. Just pretend it says true brokenness. True brokenness. Give it up for Jeff, man. This guy does 50 million things. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. I can't even begin to tell. I don't think the dude sleeps. Like, I get like, I'm like, how, why is this coming at 4 in the morning? And then it's 9 in the morning. He's like, hey, we did this. I love you, brother. True brokenness is when, or repentance, certainly they, they're tied to each other, is when who I want to become before God is more important than what will I look like before man. I'm going to read that one more time because there's a whole sermon in that. True brokenness. And yet, I, 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 know, I know it's easier to say, amen, amen, we're in church. You're right, it is easy. But you'd be surprised how much group think is so powerful. How much we want to be accepted by friends. We want to be accepted by, by family. We want to be liked. We want the, the approval. So this is a very simple slide, yet it is a very profound slide. When you get to that moment in your life, when you say, when I want to become, who I want to become rather, before God is more important than what I will look like before man. Brokenness. We're going to get to the love of God, the redeeming love of God. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you all something. If you want the redeeming love of God, but you don't want the brokenness first, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss it. Okay? Let, 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 let me, let me ex explain. We, we got military guys. How many of y'all have been in the military? Raise your hand if you've been in the military. Okay, we got, we got a few of us here. Okay. When you go to boot camp, everybody comes different backgrounds. Korean people, black people, white people, Hispanic people, Egyptian people. You know, and you, you, got, you got people that are rich, people that are poor, people that come from Appalachia, people that come from the Bronx, people that come from L.A., from Missouri, all kind of people. They can't make you into a unit. A lot of folks that would never hang out together. So what they first do is they got to break you down. Oh, I love you, man. Give it up for Jeff, guys. Woo! You know what, man? Maybe God wanted it that way. Because brokenness and repentance go together. Amen? It's like the Holy Spirit knows a thing or two. They take you. And I remember, remember, remember the first day of boot camp? Remember the first day of boot camp, all y'all? Yeah? Remember that we're sitting there, we're shuffling along. Everybody's tall, young, old, from Kentucky, from Minnesota. from, And then you stand there, and there's a barber chair. You kept the haircut. I got you. Yeah? <laughs> My boy Scott, he got the same haircut back there, man. He got but we're sitting there one after the other. You're sitting there like. We had this kid named Lutz. I never forget. He was from Kentucky. And I, I didn't really care. My hair was short. But, but like this dude's hair was down to here. Like, like this, you could tell. He's like a Fabio kind of thing. And I don't know when's the last time he cut it. But it was amazing because you could see the guy like. It's like, it like sitting there. And then we all dress the same. These goofy looking sweats. We haven't even gotten our good uniforms yet. You got these sweats. And, 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 but what are they doing there? And you're getting yelled at and you're screamed at. They're breaking the individual down so we can build you up into a soldier. And it's the same thing with God. God has a plan for every single one of us. Every single one. 
But if you're not willing to allow him to break you so he can put you back together, you're never going to see all that he has in store for you. That's one of the easiest amens to say and one of the hardest things to do. But Peter breaks. Even this arrogant, I got this. I'm the man. I'll never leave. I will. Is there weeping and broken. And God uses him in a mighty way. God says, okay, boy, now I can do something with you. I've been waiting for you. I knew you had potential. I knew, but, but I needed to see the brokenness first. Come here. Oh, I know, I know, I know. They're mad at you. They gave up. No, no, no. I don't give up on you. I never give up on you. And now he starts to put him back together. We know he fellowship with him. You guys know the destitute story when he eats with him right there at the beach after he resurrected. And, 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 and then we're going to pick up and have one more verse for you. Because he restores this guy in such a powerful way. You don't need to go there. We've got it up on the screen. Acts chapter 2 verse 41. If you're taking notes. Because the same guy, the same guy that was scared of a little girl, the same guy that was broken, the same guy that was weeping, the same guy that said, I can't get out of bed another day. You ever feel that way someday? The, I, I, the depression is overwhelming. I'll never heal through this. I, I can't do it. The same guy that's like, I've messed up my life. I've messed up my life. That same guy, God restores and does something amazing with him. And we're picking up here just a little bit down the road. After Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes down. The same guy who's scared of a little girl stands up in front of thousands of people boldly proclaiming Jesus. That's what happens when you let God build you into the man or the woman that he wants you to be. Acts chapter 2 verse 41. This, I'm just going to read one verse. This is the very end of the whole chapter is Peter preaching boldly. And here's what it says. Those who accepted his message, as Peter's message, were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Mm. Imagine when Peter was there crying after he's betrayed Jesus three times, and Jesus just looked at him. You ever have that moment where you feel like, what happened to my life? You feel me, right? You got me, right? What? How? It's not so, it wasn't supposed to work out like this. And you feel like, has God forgotten me? Because it sure feels like it. It sure feels like it. Don't trust your emotions. We preached on that last week. Don't trust your emotions. He hasn't forgotten about you. He's working. He's working. He restores him. Because even though sometimes we lose faith in ourselves, God never loses faith in us. Flip that up for me, Jeff. God does not throw away the broken pieces. His love is the glue that puts them back together. Oh, that's a cute little church thing. I like it. No, no, no. I don't want it to hit your ear. I want it to hit your heart. God does not throw away the broken pieces. His glue. His glue. That's what puts them back together. I know a lot of y'all stories, and you know mine. We all got scars. And you know, God doesn't 
when he glues you back together, he, he, he doesn't wipe away those little cracks, those little scars. I'm, I'm all scarred up. Good. Those scars are the pillars to your ministry. That's what, that's what allows you to love. That's what allows you to have compassion. That's what allows you to be forgiving. That's what takes away those snooty Christians with their noses up in the air. Oh, you're a sinner. That one is gone. That's what those scars will do to you. Instead of pointing a finger, you start opening some arms. Because you're like, I've been there, bro. Tuesday night, right? Me, you, and Jeff out there chit-chatting. We're sharing scars. Right, Jeff? We're sharing scars. Jeff and Jeff. And Rami was there. Doesn't it sound like a law firm? We said... Jeff, 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 and Rami. Yeah, it's a. <laughs> but we were. We, we got done with men's. We have men's uh, Bible study on Tuesday night at 7. If you're free, come join us. Awesome group. Ron leads us. He'll be back. They're on a cruise, and him and, him and Alice will be back uh, next week. But we're out there, and all three of us are just sharing scars. But you know, there was like a fellowship there. When I got in my car, Jeff can feel my pain. I can feel his. The other Jeff can feel... And, and, and there's something beautiful as he puts you back together. You're never quite the same. There's still cracks there. But those are the cracks that gives you mercy and empathy and compassion for others. They're, 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 they're beautiful, beautiful cracks. Look up here. It says right here, 3,000. Where am I? 41. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number. 3,000. The same Peter that was broken is the Peter that's boldly standing up and God's using him in a mighty way. I do have to add a caveat to this. This is a very important caveat. You've got to run to God instead of from, oh, rather to God instead of away from God. Judas screwed up pretty bad. Peter screwed up pretty bad. Judas broke. Peter broke. Judas ran from God and hung himself. Peter ran to God and God restored. So when you break, and I know it's going to be tempting because I, I get it in church, it's easier to preach and stuff, but the emotions are real. You start hear those whispers. It's over for you. You never find somebody. The depression won't end. You've done messed it up now. You screwed this whole thing up. Look, and they're laughing at you. They're talking about you. And those whispers come in, and it can be tempting to run to anything that's going to numb it. What will numb it for the night? That's only going to leave you more broken. But if you run to God, God's a healer. Rami, you, you, you don't know what I've done. You don't know. Welcome to the club. I was with my pastor eating one time years ago. I was an associate pastor. He used to disciple me. And we'd go to Wendy's. And I, I never forget, one day he was pouring into me, and, and he poured a lot of wisdom. The man was like a father. My daddy died when I was young, and this guy discipled me. And, and, and he's, he was talking, he's talking. I don't remember much from the conversation. This is around 2001, 2002. I don't remember much from the conversation. But I do remember this. We were eating chili and french fries. And there's one other thing I remember, Noel. He's talking to me and he says, Hey son, never forget this. God is bigger than our mistakes. Lord, if you don't remember anything I say, I hope you remember Bob Clark speaking in 2002, 2001. Telling Rami at Wendy's, there used to be a Wendy's by River Crossing, it's gone now. 
lot of things happen on Route Cross. There's something special. I think about that. There's something special in that place. That's where I met the pastor. He gave me the keys. That's where I met you at Publix. That's where my pastor said that to me. God is bigger than our mistakes. God's a healer and a restorer. But you got to get rid of the eye syndrome. You got to come to him broken. I, I, I know what you mean, Rami. I've heard this. God helps those who help themselves. It's in the Bible. It's not in the Bible and it's stupid. God helps those who know they cannot help themselves. Understand me? The Bible says, let you not work, not eat. Don't, 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 you got to study for your test. I'm not saying be lazy. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying you're missing the point. I'm saying you're missing the point. If you want God to do something great in your life and use you in the way that He intended, it's not about God helps those who help themselves. It's God helps those who know they cannot help themselves. Peter got the, Peter, I got this, I got this, I got this, I can help myself, I can help myself, I can help myself. And finally he breaks down and says, I can't help myself. God's like, good, now I can use you. Let me, let me show you my love. Let me show you the redeeming love that maybe your daddy didn't give you, your mama didn't give you. Let me show you the redeeming love that never happened. Let me show you what your husband didn't give you, what your wife didn't give you. Let, 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 let me show you, let me show you what I can do with you, Peter. No, no, you don't understand. I screwed up the whole thing. I know, but I'm bigger. I'm bigger. Share this and I'm out. When I moved a lot of people. And I had an elderly lady at my church and I moved her four times. Four times. When I was moving her the first time, you're going through the stuff and I'm just loading and she told me that five people were going to be there and it was two. Does that ever happen to anybody, right? Oh, we got a bunch of people coming, right? And you show up, you're like, well, I, uh, English is my third language, but I know what the word bunch means. This ain't a bunch. So I'm moving, I swear, I'm loading up this lady who's in storage and I, and, and no, well, no lie, I swear. I pull up a chair and, 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 and let me see this chair real quick. And this part is just completely shot. I mean, you can practically put your finger through. And this thing, I swear, it looks like if you sat on it, you're going to fall right through. And you're like, oh, man, that's, that's a bad shape. Here's the part that was really creepy. It had this leg and this leg. <laughs> what else, Rami? That's it. Two legs in opposite corners. But I'm like, you know, whatever. I'm just loading it up. I got stuff to do. I load up the lady. And then I moved her a second time, not long after. And I recognized my buddy, the chair. Because I asked her the first time, I said, you want me to throw that away? You know, you're going through stuff. Some folks just don't throw anything away. No, well, I'll need it someday. For the love of God, you're going to die and your kids are going to throw it in a dumpster. Just throw it away now. That's the word for somebody. That's, that's, that's some prophecy right there. I love it. I moved there a second time. I, she told me she was going to fix it. I'm like, all right. All right. Second time. And then... About six months later, she was moving a third time. And guess what? I went to the storage unit and guess what I saw? The chair. One leg in this side, one leg in this side. And then about a year later, she goes, Pastor, do you mind helping me? She was going to be with her daughter, to stay with her daughter. I said, yeah, of course. And I went to move it. 
and I look in the back of the storage unit and there is a chair the back is falling apart the seat is falling apart and two legs opposite corners of each other so I'm like ma'am you want me to throw this away because she told me a couple years before she's never going to fix it and, and, and she's like no 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 and I'm like ah, please just let me throw it away I don't want to move it a fifth time and she walks over it, and I didn't say I want to move it a fifth time but that's disrespectful but, but I remember, she goes, she starts telling me about the chair. Turns out the chair was her mama's chair. They grew up up there, actually, the Smoky Mountains. There was homes that were in the Smoky Mountain area that were grandfathered in once they built the park. So it's been like a family home. They did their, and she began to describe to me how on the front porch, how, how her mama would sit in this chair and she would play. And in the summer when they would go out there and her mama used to play banjo and she would sit and she would listen to music and they would dance on the porch. And, and it, was, it, was, it, was, it was her mama's chair. And I remember the Holy Spirit just convicting me because to me it's just an old broken chair that I've moved four times. But to her it was the love of her mama in that chair. You see, you might look broken to the world. They might say it's too late. They might have given up on you. But you're never too broken for God. You see, he doesn't throw away the broken pieces. He's like, boy, I put you back together. I was just waiting for you to break. I'll put you back together. But they all give up on me. I don't give up on you. I'll put you back together. And he used this Peter that was scared of a little serving girl. When the man stopped finally saying, I got this. I can fix it. I'm in control. I. And when you see Peter later on in his ministry, that boy doesn't say I anymore. He says, let me tell you about my Jesus. God's redeeming love will glue you back together. Don't give up on people. Don't give up on yourselves. Because God never will. He doesn't throw away the broken pieces. Amen. Noel, amen. Hallelujah. Noel. Let's give it up for Noel, guys. Ain't she a blessing? I know. I got you, Jeff. I got you. I got you. Noel is really humble. I love this girl. I think she's the humblest person ever. No, okay, no, 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 no. I just love, I love when people say, I'm the humblest person ever. But no, no, she's an amazing, amazing young lady. And she doesn't tell us this, but this girl writes some amazing songs. And, and I mean, her own stuff and, 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 and writes music and, and just beautiful. And there's one song called The Summer. She's going to tell you about it. But I'm going to tell you something. I heard it and, and I heard it and then I just played it over and over and I just found myself just like sitting with myself like just crying and just God was ministering to me. It talks about the sum of God's love. So we're going to close with Noel singing this and I'll come up and, and, and pray. But I asked Noel if she would share with us as far as the background and the story of that song because it's, it's really powerful. Noel, I'll tell you. Hey guys. Um, I wrote this song around the same time last year and this song is a result of a lot of pain and tears and doubt but it's also a result of my father's incredible love for me there were days when I would question who he was who I was if I was still supposed to be here um, just a lot of hopelessness and I remember when he brought me out of that pit and straight into his presence I remember him just showing me all the little ways that he was still loving me through that season and all the ways he was keeping me. So this is just my testimony and I just want to encourage 
anyone who is suffering spiritually or mentally, call on the name of the Lord. Because it gets better, because he is so much better. And it wasn't exactly when I wanted him to or how I wanted him to, but it was when I needed him. So I hope this encourages you today. I've seen the lights come on in Jesus' name. I've seen you turn a selfish heart into a heart of praise in the rainbows that reminded me you haven't changed. And I read the scriptures you wrote so my soul would not lose hope. And the people you flew so I knew that I wasn't alone. And all these things add up And I think I know the sum Is a reflection of your love the songs you gave so my voice could sing in faith and the dreams from above that kept me from giving up and I remember all the questions I asked wondering if this pain would pass and you didn't show when I pleaded but you came when I needed and all these things I up, and I think I know the song is a reflection of your love, your Oh, 
God's got something for every person. We all got talents. We all got gifts. I don't know what your scars are, and you might not know what mine are. But God doesn't throw away the broken pieces. I'm going to close with some prayer, but I'm going to ask Dan, come on up here. And Elias, come on up here. Don't worry about the lights, man. Just come up here. This is more important. I'm going to ask Dan to stand here, and Elias stand up here. And, and I'm going to close in prayer. But in the end, if you got something in your heart, you need prayers, come on up here. We're going to be up here. I'm going to go up there and greet you guys. I know Dan and Elias and other Jeff is up here. Feel free to come up and, 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 and speak to somebody. We love you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I thank you so much for your word today. I thank you as we go through this sermon series on love, that we can see the kind of love that you have for us and the love that we're supposed to have for each other. I thank you that you don't throw away the broken pieces. I thank you to even look at Peter and say, well, that guy's useless. Let me find another. And he said, you were just waiting for him to break. And I ask if there's somebody here today hearing my voice that you're convicting them. You're working on their hearts. As I, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that always says, I'm the kind of woman. I got this. I got this. I, I'm, I'm going to fix it. I'm in charge. I can make it happen. I can shift. I pray in Jesus' name today they would say Jesus. I would just say Jesus. I pray that if anybody here doesn't know Christ as their Savior, they say, I don't know if I die today where I would go. It's really simple. No religion can save you. No pastor can save you. Revival church can't save you. Nobody can. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. That's why we needed a Savior. And if we accept Him as our Savior, when we die and stand before God, we can enter heaven, not because we've earned it, because we've all fallen short, but because all of our sins were paid for on the cross by the blood of Jesus. He said it's a free gift. You have to accept it by faith. If somebody doesn't know, where they would go if they died today. I pray as we give the invitation here and may they would come up and speak to Dan or Elias. Say, I want to know today. I want to get saved today. Father, if there's somebody that's dealing with those struggles and maybe thinking they're too far gone or they're too scarred up or, or maybe they just haven't even gotten to the broken part. They, they want to control everything. I pray in Jesus' name today they can just pray and just let it go. And lastly, God, if you're, there's so many awesome, amazing churches in this area that preach the word and do a great job. And I thank you that we're just one small part of that. But if you've called somebody to come join this church, Lord, we don't, we don't want to come here to be entertainers or, we, or to entertain people or to people just to enjoy. We want to be your hands and your feet. Every time I drive on 19, my heart is broken for the lost. I see the drug addicts. I see the prostitutes. I, I see the marriages falling apart, the lives that are broken, the addictions, the struggles, the hurts, the depression. And my heart breaks. If somebody's called to says, hey, you know what? I want to join. I want to make a difference. I want to be God's hands and feet. Let them come forward and join this church too. And help us, God. Help us. We love you. As we leave today, God, we pray you be glorified in everything we say and do. And I thank you again that you don't throw away the broken pieces. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Have a great day, y'all.